0: Welcome to Sad Styles Productions. Let me run you through our daily specials. On Tuesday, relive your childhood gaming memories on the Retrograde Podcast. On Thursday, the Jackass crew relives the pain and glory of the TV show Jackass. Also, on Thursday, Mikey and Brian let you in on all the secrets of sports marketing on the Sign Off, a Framework Podcast. On Fridays, losing money with Andrew Baskin helps satisfy your 20-minute sports gambling fix. Keep your hands inside the car at all times. Enjoy the ride. Get into it. Coming up... A sad Styles production. Get into it. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom. This is your 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we discuss the NBA draft. Yes, it's the NBA draft live Thursday night. We're going to discuss our favorite bets, which players we think are getting undervalued, and how we see the whole thing going down. But before we get to that, let's do a recap. Recap. Last week, we discussed the Olympics, which we will talk about in a future episode when the Olympics are wrapped up. So many of the picks that we made have not even come through yet, so we don't even know how we've lost money on the Olympics yet. We don't know how the picks have done. But we did make picks for UFC Fight Night Vegas 32. We only made two picks because the Aspen Lad macy Chazon fight was called off. Macy Chazon dropped out with an injury. Not much more we need to take from that other than Aspen Lad is getting into, like, a very weird Leon edwards Isla Mikheyev area where people just seem to always drop out of fights. She oddly does not get a lot of people that line up to fight her. Uh, oh, people getting scared. In the undercard, we had the Miranda Maverick, minus 130, versus Macy Barber, plus 110. We had Barber, plus 110. We had her via decision at plus 345. And guess what? We won, and we shouldn't have we got so lucky. Macy Barber had no business winning this fight. Miranda Maverick clearly took two of the three rounds. Everyone will give Barber the third round, but this was a rough night for judging, and this was only kind of the beginning of it, but hey, a win's a win. When it went to decision, I was like, well, start counting your money, figuring out how you're going to make another bet somewhere else, and then you're like, "Uh, well, I did take her by decision, so just in case something weird, oh my god, we won. Macy Barber, like, shows true glimpses of being incredible at it, and then other parts where she is shadow boxing like there's a third person in the ring like there's somebody in the middle that she's trying to get to she loves just throwing out punches that she knows won't land, it's the weirdest thing in the world, so talented, she's gonna do something one day, but just, not there yet but hey, a win's a win and the main event, Corey Sanhagen, which was running off at a minus 190 versus TJ Dillashaw at plus 155. We had Sanhagen via, via knockout. Obviously, that did not pay because Sanhagen lost via decision to TJ Dillashaw. If you took that, that would have been plus 600. Now, I did disagree with the decision, but it comes down to an understanding of MMA judging, which is still a huge issue. First of all, MMA judging in, a, in its own right is a huge issue. But the way that we describe MMA judging is also another issue. I've I've been critical in the past of like Joe Rogan and other people who sometimes misinterpret the rules of MMA judging. And there was a really clear example of that, again, with Cormier and Cruz kind of just stating something, stating a few things that were just flatly not true. So then the viewer at home is like, oh, so I think this guy's winning. When really, sometimes that's not really true. Dillashaw did the right thing the whole fight. He was backing down Sandhagen constantly. He threw a ton of punches. Now, this is the issue with the scoring system. Sandhagen was the better fighter. He felt more in control the whole time. He's way more accurate with his strikes. And those strikes were doing a ton more damage. That being said, scoring system or not, of course, Sandhagen should have won. So be it. A loss is a loss because I already won on the Macy Barber one and I had no business winning on that one. So this is just karma drawing even on that one. Totally fine. I, I'm not super excited to see Dillashaw fight, even though he had like a cleaver attack in his face, and good for him for fighting through that. I hope Sanhagen bounces back because he could be really exciting and possibly the future of the division. The other thing I want to recap. Second recap. Yep, very good. Don't you never miss a beat? I love it. Is over at losing money WAB on Twitter on Instagram. We make free daily picks every day in between these episodes for bets that we are making. And you know what? We've been hitting on baseball like crazy. We think we found the difference now. So, for this last week, we are up 8 units. We are 10 and 5. And what's even more impressive about that 10 and 5, most of those 10s are underdogs. So, we're taking a ton of underdogs purely based on a run margin difference. If you combine all the runs you scored and face it face it against all the runs you've given up, now you've got either a positive or negative number. We've scored more runs than we've given up on the year. You got it. Now, we're searching through all the teams that have positive numbers but losing records, and there's a few of them. They are often going to be underdogs in their next game. It's been working. We bet on those underdogs that have positive run differentials because we believe that that record will be more reflective of the run margin difference. Honestly, bet with us. This is one of those few times losing money doesn't pay off. We are making money on this, so please go over at losing money WAB, Twitter, Instagram, free daily picks, And win some money with us? Ooh, weird. I don't like that. But enough recap. End of recap. Let's get to the main event. The NBA draft. Oh, the NBA draft. Oh, I love the NBA draft. This and the NFL draft, always a great television event. And the NBA always comes out with more trades with both picks, also real NBA players. Like, will will Ben Simmons be traded? Who's trading up into the top 10? Will the Warriors move off 7-14 and 14 to get another all-star? These are all things going to be decided on Thursday night. And since we're going to be watching with bated breath, why not lose some money on it? So it's widely believed right now that we know who the first three picks are going to be. Yes, there might be trades maybe at number two and number three. But for the most part, we believe at number one, Detroit will take Cade Cunningham out of OSU. Houston, with the second pick, will take Jalen Green out of the G League. And number three, Cleveland will take Evan Mobley out of USC. That is feeling pretty safe. And so much so that if you took those exact players in that exact order, you're getting a minus 300 right now to be betting on that. So minus 300, three picks in a row, they are pretty sure that that's what's going to happen. Number four in the Raptors, and that's where it gets interesting. A lot of mock drafts have Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs going there. But no one is really too sure because no one knows what the Raptors are going to do. Are they going to hold on to the pick? Are they going to trade it? Are they going to trade back? Which seems more and more likely. So, if you took him at fourth to the Raptors. If you took Jalen Suggs fourth to the Raptors. And you added it to the top three picks in order. That would get you down to a minus 200. I, I... I don't like that. I don't like that at all because it's just that is the variable that that is the one variable. I can't put it in there and still think that you should be getting minus money on that. Minus 200 doesn't feel very good. If you're like plus 250, all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. But minus 200, I don't know. It still feels like stuff is going to happen. Here are the bets we are going to make for the NBA draft. These are going to be from the lowest to the highest amount of money we're going to be putting on it. So, for the smallest amount of money, we're going to be taking Chris Duarte under 15.5 at minus 135. So, the number opened at 20.5, and it keeps going down. It was at 17.5, and, and now 15.5. He's been invited to the green room. Always a good sign, by the way. There's not a ton of value here at 15.5, but if it pays, who cares? So, here's the pros why we think this could be happening. He's been worked out a ton with the Warriors multiple times. They have picks at 7 and 14. Plus, there are several win-now teams for those early teams that could be taking him. Kant, he's one of the oldest players in the draft. So, eh, eh, no. We like Chris Duarte, under 15 and a half, to be selected. Next one up, Jonathan Kaminga, over six and a half, minus one twenty-five. We've been on this one for a while. So originally thought he was going to be taking fifth or sixth in early mock drafts, but he's been slipping in the last month. And that's mostly because he's like crazy raw. He's like very talented. He's he's a, he's an incredible athlete. He's just not a good shooter or like basketball player, which is tough because he's being drafted to play basketball. Good athlete, just needs some refinement. God, does that scream Orlando Magic though? God, that just even when I said it out loud, I'm like, Orlando loves players like this. Scotty Barnes is pretty juiced at the fifth selection. Like that's that's where people are gonna go. So if like if they believe the Raptors are gonna go with Jalen Sucks at four, everyone believes Scotty Barnes is the next one off the off the board at five. So that only leaves one spot for Kaminga to get over six and a half, and that feels pretty good. So if you like Barnes at five and don't like Kaminga there, then maybe I'm giving you a little bit of a side hustle here and saying maybe you should also throw some money on James Knight at under seven and a half. Wouldn't that make sense? You think Barnes is going to go five, right? And you like Kaminga over six and a half. Well, someone has to be taking six then. Why not think about Knight at under seven and a half there? The next one up that we like is Alperine Shingoon under 12 and a half. Now, this number has been flying up. He started at 14 and a half to 12 and a half. No one's seen a ton of this guy, okay? Let's, let's be super honest here. He was a Turkish league MVP. How the Turkish uh, basketball league has not found its way to America or the internet, I'm not really too sure. But there, there, it's just the NBA draft is so great because now we have thousands of outlets that are saying, they, they, oh, we know everything about the NBA draft. You got to listen to us about the NBA draft. I've seen this guy for hundreds of hours. I'm his best friend with his mother. I've seen this guy all over the place. And you're like, really? You're watching a lot of Turkish league basketball? Okay. I don't know. Shang has a chance to be selected as early as number eight. And the Kings, Hornets, and Spurs are all feeling very comfortable about this one. Maybe two units on this one because Shangun under 12.5 is starting to feel pretty good. And the last and maybe the our favorite bet so far is Sharif Cooper over 20.5. He was a freshman at Auburn. He played really well this year, but the measurables and the stats aren't just working in his favor. Point guards are really tough in this league right now. It's a really deep draft, and there's lots of good guard prospects. We could see him slip all the way into the second round, it looks like, and this is my favorite pick because of that. Over 20.5 feels like kind of a lock, and that's the one we're going to be putting two units on. Okay, so if the NBA draft is our main event this week, we've got a little bit of a cleanup because we also have another fight night. Now, you know I'm a sucker for these fight nights. I do like MMA, but more than than anything else, we like betting on MMA. We seem to do pretty well at it, so we're going to throw out a couple of picks this week, and let's start with the UFC fight night. Cheyenne Buys 165 versus Gloria DePaula at plus 135. Both fighters coming off losses, but Cheyenne Buys has had a four-fight winning streak going before that. She was 5-2 with six of those fights going the distance. She lost last time because she was taking down a lot. And when she was taking down those four times, she struggled to get back up. Luckily, DePaulo isn't much of a grappler, so we don't have to worry too much about that. We are going to go in with Cheyenne Buys at minus 165. We are liking it by decision because... Not only does buys like going to decision, but when Dapolla loses, she goes to decision as her last three losses were all by decision. So before we get to the pick, there the nicknames this week: the Warrior Princess versus Glorina. Hmm, I like both of these. You both win, so that I doesn't get an advantage from that. So Cheyenne buys minus one sixty-five. We found those odds over at Bovada and via decision at plus one fifteen. I think they're onto us at the decision thing. Plus 115. Not very good odds, but if you had to do it, you had to take a little sprinkle on it, that's where we're going to go, via decision. Another fight from that card that we're going to be making a pick for is Brian Barbarina- Minus 249 versus Jason Witt at plus 221. Barbarina is on a one win, one loss streak over his last five fights. He's 15-7 and seven overall with 10 KOs. Guy's got like an absolute iron chin. He just takes so much damage. It's nuts. Only getting KO'd by Vicente Luque and Randy Brown, who are both quite good at knocking out adults. So like, I don't know if we have to take that one too much. We are going to go with Barbarina here, but I'd also like to keep in mind an in-play bet. Because if he has a slow first round or Wit starts taking him down a little bit, the odds might change. And at that point, you can get a better odds than the minus 250 that they're running off with. Nickname battle, Bam Bam versus the Vanilla Gorilla. Oh, God. Bam Bam, Brian Barbarana, you win the nickname battle. So we're going to be going with you, minus 260. We saw that number at sports Sportsbet, and we're going to go with the Via Knockout at plus 150. And the main event for that card is Uriah Hall, plus 140, versus Sean Strickland at minus 190. Hall's on a four-fight winning streak. He it, That's great. And there's been some crazy inconsistent before that, though. Because even before that win streak, he was 17-9 for his career. Strickland on the other side, Strickland was a KOTC middleweight champion. But in his third UFC bout, bafflingly, he dropped to Walter Wade, where all three of his pro losses occurred. He goes back up to middleweight, where he's a perfect 18-0, and now he's 23-3. Only those three losses are all in the same division that he doesn't fight in anymore. He has 14 stoppages, 10 knockouts, 4 submissions, really well-rounded fighter. Strickland's just a brawler. He loves moving forward. He gives up way more damage than he takes, 5.14 to 3.64. So we want to take him. Giving up more damage than taking, key essential to winning fights. Only issue is, much like Derek Lewis and several others, Hall is just dangerous. Like, scary dangerous. Like, seriously, he's one of the few guys in this sport that makes you feel gross when you see a KO instead of excited. You know, most KOs are like, oh, oh my god, something happened, oh my god, something happened. This is the one where you're like, oh no, oh no, oh god. Like, you make you makes you question the sport as a whole. He is violent. So the problem is, when you bet against him, you're watching the whole fight through your fingers. Because you're like, at any second, this fight could end. So have fun watching through your fingers because we're taking Sean Strickland minus 190. We found that number at Sports Interaction and we're going to go via knockout at plus 175. By the way, the nicknames, Primetime versus Tarzan. Hmm. But I like both of them. Primetime is kind of boring because it's been done before. Tarzan, kind of fun. I like that. Sean Strickland minus 190. That's where we're going. And very rarely have we talked about this promotion, but Bellator has got a fight this weekend. So if UFC is kind of like Coke, Bellator is kind of like RC Cola. Okay, so that's where we're going with. We've got Patricio Ferreira at minus one twenty five versus AJ McKee at plus one hundred five. So this was—I uh, can't believe they did this. I can't believe they've done it. They love doing these grand tournaments, like much like the UFC used to do in its beginning beginning days. They used to have these grand tournaments that that go over the course of months, and this one worked out. You had the t- best two fighters in the tournament ending up in the finals. No uh, COVID cases, no injuries, no visa issues. No, we have good. We had the best two people in the finals. They're going for their $1 million purse featherweight Grand Prix in the Forum in Inglewood, California. The featherweight title match between the Pitbull and AJ McKee is probably the most significant Bellator fight in history. And it's the best fight this weekend. I want to make that incredibly clear. People will always love the UFC because of the brand attached to it. This is the best fight this weekend. These are, these are two really good fighters. And we'll maybe have the claim to saying you have the best featherweight in the world and they don't fight for the UFC. That's interesting. So Ferrer's been a staple of the organization since 2010 when he debuted at Bellator 15 with a submission victory uh, over William Romero. He's gone 20-4 and four since then and has captured both the featherweight and lightweight titles. But on the other side, McKee is the Bellator's one of his like few homegrown stars. He's only fond Bellator. He's gone 17-0. I just like McKee's versatility in this fight. He's bigger and quicker than Ferrer. And he's got that kind of well-rounded game that means he can be comfortable no matter where the fight goes. McKee's edge in this fight is his stand-up. For has incredible power, and he's proved by knocking out Michael Chandler, who just fought for the title in the UFC, to win the Bellator lightweight bout. But McKee's probably just a better pure boxer. We're getting plus number with it. We're going to go with McKee, plus 105, and we're going to go via inside the decision at plus 235. Ah, uh, and there's the music. not oh, just almost on cue. It's almost like right before 20 minutes. So that's when they know. But thank you so much for losing money with Andrew Bascom. Can you please rate, review, subscribe, Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, wherever you enjoy podcasts? If you feel like gambling is becoming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that place wrote the show was done by Nikki Mitchell. You can find her music on Spotify or on Instagram, or just click the links. It's in the podcast description right now. All art for the show was created by Alex Monid, and we are a proud product of Sad Styles Productions executive producers, Mike Yarenworth and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for listening. Have fun losing money on the NBA draft. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it.